Baseball is a complicated and frustrating game, isn't it? We as White Sox fans know this firsthand. Life, just like baseball, can be complicated and frustrating. If your life is becoming too complicated and frustrating, the counselors at True Heights Treatment are here to help. True Heights Treatment offers both in-person and online sessions to clients anywhere in the state of Illinois. Learn more at www.trueheightstx.com or call the office at 708-248-7039. Hey Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 182. I am Nick Morowski, and this is a fan-centric local Chicago White Sox podcast. Uh, Boy, we have got a ton of stuff to get to. Uh, You can find this podcast absolutely everywhere uh, you find your podcast. We are on Twitter at GoodGuysTV. We've got a Facebook uh, fan page. Uh, Sox just swept the Detroit Tigers. A big week coming up. Uh, lots of Sox conversations to get to. Let me bring in my co-host, Pat Hester. Hello, sir. Nick, as the sands through the hourglass, these are the days of our lives. This is like a soap opera. We were talking before we started recording like every week it's like up down snip snap snip snap i mean it's craziness (laughs) how the range of emotions that happen as a fan from four days ago to today now i do i I will say that i i am being a little bit uh you know guarded i i'm 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 enjoying this sweep but i i understand what this team is still has a long way to go but it, the 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 emotions back and forth just we're in it we're out of it we're back we're not back it's it's insane it's it's yeah. it's really taking a toll on my mental health yeah it's uh i think it's one thing to be a 500 team which the socks you know of course okay they're three games over 500 59 and 56 uh, first time they have been th- three games over 500 since April 17th, which was the ninth game of the season, folks. So that's just putting a little perspective on, on things. So they're they're a mediocre team. Uh, and that would, I mean, the Sacks have been mediocre before in other seasons. But the fact that the expectations are where they were and the division is as mediocre as it is, mm-hmm. that plays with, you know, with your emotions. Yeah. Uh, you know, now now they're, as we record, two and a half games out of the Central. It's not the Twins they are chasing. It's now the Guardians. And who knows when that's going to change. But, uh, yeah, after that Royals series that I'm sure we could talk a little bit about, um, yeah, when you live series to series or game to game, it's been a nightmare uh, of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 talk of roller coaster and the ride. This this is that season, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it's there's there's even times, even during this weekend, where they're just exhausting to watch. You know, they're they're so boring offensively at times. And thank God it was the Tigers this week under else. I don't know how many games we went against anybody else, but, and the the other thing about it was Nick watching just this weekend. And well, I'm sure we're going to revisit the, 
the Kansas City series uh, at some point during this recording. But, you know, just this weekend, you look at these were the two teams. And I remember back to conversations with, you know, listening to to a podcast you were on with the other lockdown folks, with the with the other teams in the central and and talking to people that that, you know, have podcasts about the twins and the guardians and. And to a person, it was mostly, you know, predicting the White Sox would win this division pretty handily. But maybe, you know, you could get a surprise with the Detroit Tigers. Now, I know the Tigers had lost a lot with some of their pitching, either hurt or didn't perform like they were expecting. But offensively, it's hard to be any worse than the Detroit Tigers are. And these are the two teams that were supposed to be probably, you know, well over 500 and fighting each other for the division. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, it's amazing how how things have changed since going way, way back. We talk about April 17th. We'll go back like when the lockout first ended and we were really ramping up, you know, seriously for the season. And you were starting to predict where divisions were going to, how they were going to go. And um, yeah, I, I didn't have the Guardians uh, at all being in first mm-hmm. place here with 47 games left. I, I'm sure they didn't uh, either. Um, but, but but when you think about it, we we mostly or probably predicted the Guardians to be exactly what the Guardians are. I mean, the Guardians have lived up to probably the expectation, maybe a little bit more than what we thought. It's, that's it's true. A, it's that, a, that's it's a, true. It's a team yeah. that can pitch. It's a team that's not going to have a lot of offense out of, outside of Ramirez. And they're probably exactly where we thought they would be. Yeah, record-wise, for sure. And mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, again, to your point about the preseason uh, discussions with other teams, and it's more of all the teams looking at us, the White Sox. Like, how are you guys so bad? And yeah. thank you that you are, because you've made now our season kind of exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't think I was going to watch any any Guardians games uh, yeah. after – the all-star break and same thing goes probably for Minnesota, although they made some moves in the off season and, you know, like they're always a sneaky team and always difficult, but um, the Sox finished their 19 game stretch Pat of playing uh, sub 500 teams. And, and we really didn't learn much, you know, they, yeah. they went 11 and eight. Um, that, that is a, that is not the makings of a team that, that wants to separate themselves in the mm-hmm. division. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's classic 11 and eight. Look, look at that three games over 500 yeah. during that 19 game stretch. And the Sox are a three games over 500 team. So um, I, I want to talk a little bit about that Royals series. Um, obviously it happened after the last episode we recorded, you had texted me. We were, you know, we text back and forth pretty regularly, uh, you know, when we don't record. And you had said something about th- this was like the most aggravated you had been uh, after that final game where the Sox lost that day game and ended up losing three of four to the Royals in Kansas yeah. City. Um, you know, take me through. I mean, it's obvious the reasoning is the result, but like what else uh, galvanized those feelings? Well, it, it's gotten to the point where I, I just can't believe anymore how lackadaisical uh, Tony has become about this team. Like, the, like you have to have Johnny Cueto come out and talk about the lack of fire and passion and, and desire and, 
and and then Tony questions it and says, well, we got to keep that in the family. Maybe we should talk about that. I don't agree. I, 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 to a point, I can understand why Tony wants to play the way he's playing in front of the media. And maybe as a player, you would appreciate that. Like this, this guy is not going to air out anybody's dirty laundry to the media. He'll say it to our faces. But at some point, the, the team is not responding to that anymore or whatever you're doing or saying behind in the family. And it's, it's just a, a lack of a lot of time looks like anybody cares. And it's also interesting to me, Nick, and, and I know we're talking mostly about what's, what's happened or what did happen with Kansas city and my thoughts on that. But, you know, let's also talk about, you know, the way Jose Abreu plays and we've talked about Jose a lot being a leader and, and the captain of this team, you know, unofficial captain. He's lagging out uh, infield singles. He's he's getting he's taking extra base. Maybe got the benefit of a call uh, the other day at second base when he when he tagged up and and moved up to second and scored uh, the, the go ahead run there. But nobody seems to follow his lead, Nick. You know, he's he's we care and we look at it and go, man, everybody should be following this guy. Nobody seems to follow his lead. But don't you find that curious? Yeah, I and that's where now we've got a sample size where I just don't know. Like, I hate to question somebody's, you know, TWTW. I hate to question somebody's passion um, because we don't see what's going on behind the curtain, man. We, we don't know what's happening. Mm. And again, the optics of somebody not uh, showing emotion like a Liam Hendricks, that doesn't necessarily mean they don't care. But I'm with you. And, and that Robert situation where he was not running hard to first base initially out of the box, and there was a bobble at second base by Kansas City's uh, Massey, I think is the second baseman. We had a runner on. Folks, you know the situation. You were probably just as irate as, as you know Pat and I were and everybody else. Stone mentioned it, basically saying, well, I guess hustling is optional. I mean, Stone makes some nice, like, casual, like, snide room i i kind of love the cutting stuff he, he yep. does like he he does it really discreetly and then the way to your point tony defending robert based on the leg issue stuff okay well if you look at the replay robert didn't jog the whole way there protecting a sore leg once he saw that massey bobbled he turned it completely on to his mm -hmm. robert jet speed so I, that's another example of why Larusa doesn't come out and say, you know, he was wrong on it. You know, he's going to sit. I, I know we need him, okay, and maybe that's something petty, but messages need to be sent to people. And mm -hmm. and you talk about Abreu being the leader, and I and he is. I think I'm, he's he's the guy without without TA right now. Abreu is definitely the guy, but your leader also is to be your manager. Yeah. And, and I, the Cueto stuff also really irritated me. What Johnny Cueto said, he was right on. This 100%. team doesn't have fire. This team is, do we even have it? Love that. The guy's been around for a while. What mm -hmm. Tony could have said is, you know what? He's right. I don't know if we have it. They need to show me. They need to show the fans. They need to show each other. They need to look themselves in the mirror this coming Detroit series and see you know, if they've got the fire in their eyes. That's all, that's all he needed to say. That whole BS of 
keep things in the family. Guillen hit it right on the head when Guillen said in the post game, Tony, this ain't 1980. All right. Yep. With social media and everything, nothing is kept inside like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it really is a joke. And I, what he, like I said, what he's done to this point over the past year and a half with his approach to motivating his players is not working. And I would love it for him to be a little more honest because I cannot sit here and believe it'd be, it, it's beyond my, my belief for him to think that the, the way they've played is acceptable. The way they've played defensively, the way they run the bases, the way that they sleepwalk through games, the way my next point I have is their offensive approach because there isn't one. And the way that this team with runners in scoring position and, and with oh my God, if we have the bases loaded, it's like, mm. forget it. it. It's almost a, it's almost a joke, Nick. So I, to, I, I can't understand how he hasn't been able to hold you know, the, the, the hitting coach accountable. And, and I know it's an easy, like punching bag with Frank Menachito and after the home run, you know, I, you know, let's get hit 300, all that stuff that it's been well-documented, but there's also something to be said just about the approach. Like, like, what are we doing half the time? It just looks like they just go up there and there, there is no plan. There's no thought process other than Andrew Vaughn. There, there is no thought process. Yeah, I, I, especially when you play a team for a second time or a third time. It's like we've already seen these guys. We've seen their pitchers. I, I feel like opponents do that to us. Mm-hmm. You know, when, 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 the, when we faced Cueto, when the Royals faced Cueto last week in the series we've just been talking about, the Royals were on him first or second pitch. They weren't messing around because they didn't want Cueto to get into his quick pitch stuff, into his – you know, his tempo, his rhythm, you know, what he does that really throws people off. I think their approach was now because they saw him already. They're mm-hmm. like, we're going to go at him and we're going to do what we can. I haven't seen that. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen that. Maybe going back way at the beginning of the season, um, Robbie Ray, you know, we, yeah. we had some history with him last year. And the Sox had a better approach, and, and we ended up winning that game. You know, we we beat up Verlander uh, pretty well, which we're going to see him, I think, on Tuesday. But the Sox beat up Verlander in Houston, the one game they won back in mid-June, you know, touched him up for uh, nine hits, uh, yeah. seven runs, bounced him uh, in the middle of the third inning. So I, what I get, like, if, if Menachino is so valuable – I then then you're not seeing the results. Yeah. So like what's the point of keeping him around? Is Medicino yeah. really your future? Is he a guy that you really think you're going to continually have after this season? And if if someone else can do the job in AAA, you know, bring him up. Yeah. What's the point of him at the at, at this juncture? Yeah. And Nick, it's not about just the 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 lack of hitting home runs and and that kind of production. It's the lack of just fundamentally moving runners along, making productive outs. If there needs to be a productive out, getting a sacrifice fly when you need an important run, drawing a walk, working a count. There are so many times this team has gone through and it's like the inning ends and there's been six pitches thrown or something crazy like that. What what I can't stand is we've got two men on, maybe first and second. And, you know, why it tends to happen with Mankata up. I know it's he's not the only one, uh, but there doesn't seem to be an action of, okay, 
I, I, this, this, I have to have a productive at bat right now. I have got to move these guys over and he swings at the first pitch if he does. And it's a pop-up, you know, Mm -hmm. he pops up to short uh, outfield or it's infield or foul territory. I, I just don't get that approach. Um, And, you know, I know the station to station stuff is, is probably Mm -hmm. not good either. Just, you know, obviously we've had a bunch of singles and that's not going to win us games. Uh, the power has come lately in this Detroit series. We saw it on Saturday and Sunday in some critical moments. Um, but yeah, I, I there needs to be a lot of fixes with this team. It's not just one issue. Um, why is, why don't we see guys performing? Who's responsible for the guys? You know, I, I do think this team. Like their attitude, you, you tend, they say with pets, with animals and like dogs will take the personality of an owner. Mm. And I mean, I, I think that. Is the that team, why Southpaw is so feisty? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's always barking uh, at everybody. Right. Cause he hears me screaming at the TV constantly <laughs> in the evening during the summers. So uh, this team will take LaRusse's approach, you know, yeah. of, well, if LaRusse is going to kick the can around, and not hold anybody accountable and make excuses. Well, then the team's going to do that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I thought Cueto's comments were right on, and uh, I, I don't think he said anything wrong. Yeah, no, I agree. And you lead me into my next point perfectly. It's almost like you read my notes. Mm-hmm. Is I, I and the funny thing is, Nick, in my still in my heart of hearts, I still believe the core of this team, the team that we we're so excited to see on a day in and day out basis is still the best team in the division. And I believe with a tweak here or there, they still could be a really, really good team. I don't know that they're, you know, Yankees, Dodgers, elite level, Houston, elite level team, but I feel like they should, they, they can be a lot better than what they are. And I still have a belief uh, for them going forward. I just, I, I feel like they need a different, uh, a different captain for the ship. So I, again, in my heart of hearts, uh, I still believe that this core, these players, I still think they can get it done. Um, I just don't know. I don't know in the next 47 games we're going to see, uh, their hundred percent potential, or maybe they're just, you know, and, and maybe, uh, fitting that I say this, maybe they're paper tigers, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and what they are in paper looks good, but you know, it, the, the results just won't be there or they'll never be healthy enough to put it all together. You know, they, they suffered injuries last year and they won the division by what, 10 games, won 93 uh, games in the regular season, won the division by 10 games, obviously nowhere near the result we wanted. Uh, a lot of their issues were exposed uh, in that Houston series. They kind of limped into the playoffs. If, if, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm honest and most people are honest. They just, they, I didn't like the approach that was taken uh, mm-hmm. with resting guys. And, and I think they were sitting back thinking like, this is in the bag. We don't have to play any meaningful games. They need, there are a lot of ma- meaningful games now that are going to be played. You've got your little easy 19 game schedule. That's gone. Now you've got four with Houston and then you've got three at Cleveland. And, you know, I, I don't know what I expect necessarily in Houston and, I want them to play well, obviously. I, I like what happened on Saturday and Sunday in this Detroit series where they scored runs late in the game and they yep. scored some insurance runs. They didn't just sit back and relax with a one-run lead. 
Um, that, that I thought was great. And I, and I love the bullpen. Uh, Lopez is, is awesome, man. He has oh, yeah. really turned, turned a corner and, and Hendricks looked locked in as well. Um, but what you need to do in my mind is you need to just be within striking distance, play well against Houston. If you could split, that would be great. Well, that's what because, we do in four game series. Next. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So true. Just do that. Just yeah. continue on with that. Most that likely they'll lose the first game of the series. <clears throat> they'll lose Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, uh, they'll end up scratching, uh, maybe the middle, middle two or the, the last two, who knows, but, um, you got Cleveland and you want to, you want to be within reach of Cleveland. You got six total games left with Cleveland yeah. and who knows, man, Minnesota might be at the top of this division, yeah. uh, come September, you know, where you're finishing the year, six of your nine games are against Minnesota. Um, I, you know, what you're talking about, like, I still, uh, I echo your statements. I still think this team is going to win the division. I know it's still crazy to, to say that sitting two and a half out with 47 to play. But, and I, I think that's where the disappointment is to me, not necessarily like, wow, this was our championship window. We were supposed to be, you know, uh, head and shoulders above a lot of teams in the AL this year. This is 2022. It's with this group of players, they're, they're underperforming so much. And I know mm-hmm. that there's been injuries. Speaking of injuries, the last time we recorded, we found out that uh, Anderson was going to be out probably until late September with this finger issue, this ligament yeah. um, that he uh, he suffered an injury in Texas. We're four and four uh, without Tim Anderson right now. It's crazy to say that you don't need Tim Anderson uh, down the stretch, uh, but he he was on a he was on a cold streak for a while there, heading yeah. into the injury. Uh, can't I mean? Can the Sox overcome that big injury uh, to be able to stay within striking distance? It'll be interesting because what we saw today out of Sosa playing shortstop was was less than ideal. He's not. Uh, he's he, drinking from a fire hose right yeah, now. Yeah, so it's he's not someone that you're going to be able to count on. You're going to need him to to fill in and play some games here, but you're not going to get a whole lot of. I'm not expecting a whole lot of production out of him. And, uh, and obviously what we know what we have with Leary Garcia, even though I have people reminding me like, uh, like beef loaf to mm. still cheer for him and stop ripping him. Uh, also, I'll, I'll subscribe to that and try and be more positive about a Leary Garcia, but those aren't, those aren't your, your star type players or people that you really can count on. So, uh, you, you're going to miss a lot with TA, but on the other AJ hand, AJ Pollock has stepped up. AJ though. Pollock uh, has played really well. He's filled in very nicely as a leadoff hitter. So that, that seems to be a, a natural fit for him. He's, he's used to that spot. And, and, and let's be honest, TA this year, he's been something's something's a little bit, yeah, there's stuff, going, not, on. There's there's stuff going on. You can see it in his eyes. Yeah. He's just not, doesn't seem to be all, all there. Yeah, we, so, we know the rumors. Everybody knows the rumors that are out there. What's going on in his personal life, and uh, so, something's happening. And and if it's true, and it may, I don't know, maybe it's this is really affecting him. Um, yeah, you know, there's more to baseball. There's more to life than baseball. Even though I, it's tough for me to like subscribe to that at times. But whatever's got him in a you know in a twist uh, he's got a he's got a clean house and get that in order um so so maybe for him personally this 
is it maybe a blessing for him to to get away from it? I don't I don't know, but yeah, you're not going to be able to replace him. But let's be honest, also honest, Nick. It wasn't like you know we were doing a whole hell of a lot offensively with him in the lineup this entire year. You know, yeah. the, the, it, 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 we we say he's the star, the straw that stirs the drink. It just hasn't. He's he's you know what he's been this year really. He's been one of those. Uh, if you've been on vacation anywhere hmm. in the last, uh, let's say. 10 years anywhere tropical and they use those paper straws. Oh, you sure. ever you drink out of a paper straw and they yeah, like oh, turn yeah. to mush in like five oh, seconds Yeah, and they're no fun, but they're better yeah. for the environment. Oh, that's, course. that's how TA has been. That. He's mm. been, one, uh, he's been a paper straw. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's crazy to make an argument that the team's better without Tim Anderson. We're, we're definitely not doing that, but sometimes when you remove, you know, one, block and you then refigure whatever you're doing uh, maybe it fits maybe the yeah. chemistry is there we've had so many different moving parts in this lineup because of health issues and, and not everybody you know clicking at the same time uh, that's been well documented uh Pollock and Andrew Vaughn were highlights uh, for me uh, this past weekend Andrew Vaughn I mean the last like three weeks uh, he's been on a tear getting key hits in, in important situations and, and Pollock with some power. Um, I, hey, you can't say enough. I don't think about the starting pitching. Uh, I've been very happy with the starting yeah. pitching. Dylan sees is just a man possessed. And mm -hmm. again, I, I, I champion everybody. He, he is starting Tuesday's game. We believe, I think it's against Verlander. Um, man, if you have an opportunity, get, get out to that game, watch that game. You're going to see two of the absolute best. He's, he's really yeah. chasing Verlander for the Cy Young right now. And Verlander's what he's doing after not pitching for a while with an injury at his age, that's really impressive too. So it's yeah. almost, a, it, almost a changing of the guard. You know, it, yeah. it, it could be appreciate sees is what I say. I don't know what his future is with the White Sox long-term. You, you know, the history with this organization, trying to re-sign talent, sign pitchers. They don't do it. They don't give money to starting pitchers. Maybe that'll change one day. Uh, I doubt it will with Jerry Reinsdorf at the helm. So enjoy Cease right now. Uh, what Kopech did, I want, to, I want to talk to you about what Kopech did, Pat, on Friday. A lot of opinions flying all over the place. Kopech was brilliant on Friday in game mm -hmm. one of the Detroit series. He was as locked in as I have seen maybe since – that Yankees game. Yep. Um, I think it was uh, it was a Sunday night baseball game, perhaps. Uh, pitched really well in, uh, both times against the Yankees, and he went six innings. He had he would not give up a hit. Um, we don't have an off day until the 29th of August. He was at 85 pitches. His max this season was 100 pitches. I have read the articles on him and. Lately, it's been Ethan Katz saying there is no limit on Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech will tell us what the limits are. He, mm -hmm. he will let us know how far we, he should be pushed. He's asking for one more inning coming out of that game. I know he's probably not going to finish the game, Pat. Yep. I'm realistic. I'm not looking for him, okay, to finish the game. I'm looking with resting bullpen. He's locked in. It was a 0-0 game at the time. Give him that one more inning. Give him the seventh inning. Uh, I, I mean, I can't argue with with that thought. He was mowing him down, loving strikeouts, you know, at that point. And, you know, the, the Tigers obviously strike out a ton. So you'd have to think that it was going to continue. 
I, I guess I'm not that passionate either way, Nick, because I knew he was coming out uh, eventually. He wasn't going to be allowed to to finish that game. I, I guess the meatball in me a little bit thinks, boy, we, we're just kind of robbed of a little bit of joy as a fan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like we've had so few fun moments this year. It would have been fun to let him go back out there. Now, whether he gives up the hit and he comes out anyway or whatever, you know, I get all that. But the the meatball fan of me thinks, boy, just let him go out there and let him keep going and just see how long it, how long it goes. But I don't know, maybe you just can't, you can't roll the dice that much with, with how little room for error you have in this season now. Uh, yeah, I, um, I get the, I get the, you know, Hey, we're, we're, we're something we're vying for something more important, but a couple of things, the, the reasoning behind it, you know, LaRusa talking in the post game was just, I thought ridiculous with talk of, we can't jeopardize him blowing out his arm, trying to like overthrow in the seventh inning. Okay. When, when are the, when is this man, uh, Michael Kopech going to be able to learn how to do that? When are you going to stop coddling Michael Kopech and trusting him? Is like this is a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. Why isn't Katz in his ear saying, if you've got more in the tank, you know, you're on like 10 to 12 pitches, you know, for the seventh? Uh, we're looking at we're looking at that as a time, like if you get in trouble, it's going to be a quick hook. You got to tell me though, look me in the eye. How are you feeling right now? Stay composed, you know, stay within yourself. Uh, we're sending you out for the seventh. You know, yeah. I, I don't, this isn't like last year, you know, I, I, that that's where I struggle with the, the mindset of, you know, well, when is he going to be okay? Yeah. Is next year going to be the year we're just going <clears> to <throat> let him, you know, all out um, and then let him go out for the seventh. And you're, you're talking about exciting moments. Let him go out for the seventh and pitch to one or two batters and then pull him. Yeah. And then let him get that like yeah. let, let 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 the crowd be absolutely in a lather for him. Yeah. You know, standing ovation coming out of the game. I just thought in a 0-0 game, how many times Pat have you and I watched the Sox game where the starter was in a groove. They take the starter out mm. and you know what? The bullpen it's just they didn't have it. Yeah. You know, they can't they can't recreate the same magic. Yeah. No, too many times, Nick, the, the, that's the answer to your question. And, and as you say all that, and you're, you're talking about Tony's comments, let's, uh, let's also, you know, say a quick prayer for all the beat reporters that have to listen to Tony LaRusa press conference after every game and interview him, because that's good. The most brutal time of their day. I, I would have to imagine, but, um, <laughs> well, I, well, you know what I, I just think is so insulting is his dismissive nature right? Like you'll get some guys, some, some beat reporters that'll ask a question. And he gives sometimes these reporters a look like, how dare you even ask me that question? I'm Tony LaRusso. Or he gives you this, like this reason that he's like trying to be the smartest man in the room. And when you think about it, you're like, that can't be the reason. Like stop (laughs) trying to overthink this so much and come off in a way that you're really not. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, well, I listen to it because I'm curious, but yeah. I don't. I just don't think there's been a real eye-opening moment where I'm like, "Wow, yeah. he really was. He really was natural, and he really was giving us 
um, the insight. It's yeah. just this surface stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite interesting. But let's let's go back to you know what we were talking about with starting pitching. Obviously, Kopech, we alluded to that fantastic stuff that'll play against anybody. Just because it's the Tigers, it, you know, doesn't mean oh, anything. sure that oh, stuff yeah. plays with any against any opponent in the, in the league. Uh, I liked what I saw to Giolito. You know, I know that that uh, the what was it the second or third inning is kind of where the where the wheels came off for him. But let's be honest, he he missed a a called third strike that would have ended the inning. And then the defense behind him is, mm. you know, mm. just really, really bad. And I, I actually was listening. I watched the, uh, the, uh, what are the, the, the leadoff game or whatever they're calling it on Peacock today. So I turned that on at 30, the mm. Padres and, and nationals, believe it or not. You know, I had well, you got Benetti on the on. call. Yeah. So I was listening to Benetti and, and I can't remember who the commentator was, but he was talking about it. He's like, you know, the thing about, pitchers that have a, a porous defense behind them they squeeze so much they try to be too fine and that's when things go awry and that's what i think happens a lot of times with the giolito it's like i i wonder if he tries to be too fine and that's what's really hurt him this past year is knowing that the play behind him is so bad at times especially in left field <laughs> love yeah. you but in left field it is it is oh, really that, bad I, what was Aloy doing? <clears throat> uh, i i don't play. know I just no running to run and, and yeah. not to, <laughs> i'm just gonna run you know what i just was kind of doing my own thing out yeah. there um got lost he, was, in the he thought it was to was run your socks off jack. and, and yeah. he thought he was in the race and oh wait a minute there's a game going on and i should probably try uh, and catch this ball that's gonna hit the warning track but that's that's what I wonder about him, but I have liked what I've seen out of at times out of Giolito. He's I think I, I think he's kind of got rid of the the bugaboo of the home runs, the multiple home runs in games. It seems like that has come down a little bit. So I like what I've seen with him and Lynn today. Lynn today, his stuff too will play against anybody, and the defense let him down at times. So yeah. Um. So again, I, where the pitching staff is at right now. Let's say it's better than the pitching staff was at last year at this time, because down the stretch is when the the uh, the the arms started to go, and it seems like the arms are starting to go in the right direction this time of year. Yeah, a couple things. Uh, those are good notices, and uh, I, I thought uh, Giolito. I really liked his post game comments talking about anger management. Really, I mean, mm. he was very irate that he did not get that call from the umpire that would have ended the inning, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and he talked openly about how mad he was and how he had to uh, minimize that, you know, curb that anger, so he could have a productive rest of the inning. And his facial reaction, watching whatever Aloy was trying to do out there in left field, told the whole story. Um, I mean, his just, oh, man, his demeanor. He was irate. And that, to your point, is so troubling. When you give uh, an opponent extra outs, you tax, tax a pitcher more pitches on their arm. They're dealing with the emotion of should have been out of this inning. What are they doing out there? I don't trust them out there. So now I have to play uh, strikeout baseball. Now mm -hmm. I'm putting it on my shoulders where I can't let this ball in play because I don't trust who's out here. Yeah. And you saw it a little bit from Lynn on Sunday. He was looking at a ball hit by Baez out in right center where Pollock and I, I maybe it was Engel. They didn't look like I, I what they didn't Vaughan. know. It, okay, it was sorry, Pollock well, and Vaughn. 
there you go. They they didn't know what was going on. And Baez got to second base and Lynn was like, how, how did that happen? How did that turn into a double? Mm-hmm. And again, you've got outfielders because of all of the issues that have been going on with our team. They've got you've got outfielders that haven't been playing consistently together. Yeah. They they don't know okay, that's definitely going to be him cutting that off. I mean, center field is the general. So, Mm -hmm. and Vaughn, you know, he's not going to be an outfielder. He shouldn't be an outfielder. That's a whole other situation to begin with. So I I completely agree uh, with, you know, what you heard on the Peacock uh, broadcast is absolutely true. I, I think that, you know, we're in a strikeout world. Like that's the beauty of a guy like Cease when he fans, or Kopech, you know, mm-hmm. double digits. That's what people are paying for. They're paying because if you put the ball in play or allow the ball to be put in play, there is a wide variety of things <laughs> that can go wrong. You know, pl- guys are going to be booting the ball, overthrowing mm-hmm. first base, you know, colliding, tripping, falling. I mean, that's unfortunately the way that the world of defense right now. So yeah. everything is like strikeout because if I strike them out, I don't have to worry about anything yeah. uh, behind me. And, and that's, you want to, you want to be confident uh, about your defense. And that's what I worry about moving forward is the defense, man, it continually needs to get better. Um, and that's going to be a whole off season uh, issue. How do I you hope. get better defensively without changing the entire team? Because well, I mean, if you went around the horn, I mean, Moncada is fantastic at third. Oh, he really has. And he, he hasn't. Go ahead. Well, he hasn't taken his offensive issues on the yep. field, which I love. Like yep. he, I, you know, love him at at, at, uh, at third base. He played he played really well this weekend at third base. Yep. T.A. at times, you know, I, 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 I don't think he's a fantastic shortstop. No, he's never going to win a gold glove. He's, he's never going to. Uh, whoever is playing second on that day, if it's Leary or, or Harrison, n- nothing spectacular out of either one of those, although I, I think Harrison's the better defender of the two. And then Abreu's never been, you know, the fantastic, but I think he does well enough. But those are all guys that are just okay, you know, and then Grandal behind the plate for the, when the times he is behind the plate, you know, he's not going to throw out a lot of, he's not going to throw out a lot of runners. He's, he's, I don't think the past balls have been there that much, but he hasn't played that much. So your infield plus your catcher is just a, there's outside of Mancata, there's no fantastic fielders. And then, you know, you know what we have in the outfield. Yeah, how you get better, and you know, I, I don't know how much improvement could be made. You know, with forty-seven games left, to me in the infield, it's positioning, of course. Um, third base is a reactionary position, um, but I looked at what Tim Anderson has been doing, and it's so much footwork with him. It's not getting square on a baseball. It's trying to go to the side. It's trying yeah. to make a running stab and then throw. Um, it's footwork. It's all about footwork, getting your body in front of that ball, fielding it squarely in athletic position, which is like old school athletic stuff. One Oh one, you know, shoulder width apart, bending your knees, like accepting the ball in the middle of you. Uh, Mm. I, I, that's what I see a lot is like not getting into good positioning. Um, and in the outfield, it's, it's like your routes, you know, yep. like your first step, your first step is critical, especially if you don't have the speed, like Aloy. You know, yep. if your step first step is back and you have to come in, 
well, you're, 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 you forget about it, you know, mm-hmm. angle and Robert, you know, they could make up for, for, you know, a misstep every now and then, but you know, you're asking guys that just aren't playing a lot. Like they're just, we have talked about this on this podcast. Sometimes you just have to say, Aloy is not going to be able to do whatever you want him to do. Mm-hmm. I I'm convinced of it. He could work as hard as he wants to at left field. I think in his brain now is always just don't get hurt. Just don't get hurt. I'm not going to try very hard. I am not going to like, you know, sell out because I don't want to get hurt. You know, yeah. it's, it's, and that's the thing. It's like when you're playing not to get hurt, that's when you're going to get hurt. Well, and the ball finds you. Yes. Right? Oh yeah. Wait, sure. wait, you, I, I, cause that would be me out there. You, you put me out there and I'd pray to the heavens that a ball <laughs> wouldn't be hit to me. Everything would be hit right at me. Yeah. yeah. And it would be a comedy of errors. Yeah. I mean, in, in bright field, when it's Vaughn and sheets and like, there's been moments where Vaughn has looked like serviceable, like, wow, mm-hmm. that was a pretty strong throw by Vaughn or, or he, he, you know, he dove and, and made a great catch or he cut something off. And I mean, sheets has had just, he has been a mess yeah. out there. And yeah. it, it, to me, it's just like the angles and the, you're, you're trying to take away from a hitter, um, a, a ball that's hit out there. You're trying to limit. How mm-hmm. do I make this not a double? Yep. You know, how do I make this not a triple and keep it a double? And the angles that some of these guys take and the routes and and then you think, well, they don't have strong arms. So uh, th- those are all problems that, that you know, uh, build on each other in a game. Um, yep. And I could see the pitcher's frustration there. Yeah. And Vaughn to me seems like he when he took over in left field last year, Seems to he seems to be not that he's a natural outfielder anyway, but that seems to be more natural spot for him than right. Right seems to be more of a, I don't know if it's just me I, or if you notice it too, but he seems more comfortable playing left than he than he does in right. But because out of need, he's he's yeah. had to play in right field, and you know Gavin Sheets, God bless him, uh, just just the his body type doesn't play in the outfield. It yeah. just he's a big lumbering. You know, gentlemen, it just doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't uh, seem to play real well. Uh, yeah. Roaming, roaming. Well, uh, I mean, like look outfield. at the speed. Like some of these guys when they're on the base path, you put yeah. Vaughn, Sheets, and Yaz on the base paths at the same time. Forget about it. Oh, um, Lord. You know, base running has been an issue with this team to begin with uh, as well. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of positive moments to take out of this weekend Detroit series. You know, it, it was Detroit, but. Uh, the way they scored some runs late in the game, I thought the bullpen pitched really, really well, and I thought you got some good starting pitching. And that that outing from Kopech has got to be a confidence builder. Lynn not giving up a home run, no yeah. walks, that's positive too. You know, play some solid baseball against uh, Houston. Just play yeah. solid, fundamentally sound baseball because you can't give them mistakes. No, and, and then see where see see where things fall. Uh, and you head into Cleveland uh, within striking distance, hopefully. Yeah. And Cleveland, you know, Cleveland just plays us tough. It's a it's a nightmare now to play them these days. I yeah. just especially you know, there. It's yeah. Like, oh, whoa. absolutely. Um, want to want to talk before we uh, you know have to say goodbye. A lot was said about Javi Baez, and I want to get your thoughts on. You know, boo Javi Baez, don't boo Javi Baez. You know, a lot of talk of it on social media, a lot of talk, uh, you know, even, you know, in, in articles you would read, like 
don't boo the man because he thrives off of it. Yet we heard boos just about all weekend yeah. uh, for him. He, I mean, he hit. Uh, I think it was was it that double that I that I referenced? He hit yep. that double that really mm-hmm. shouldn't have been a double. And he gets up at second base, takes off his helmet to show everybody his face, and and puts his finger right up to his lips, you know, mm-hmm. to to quiet the crowd. He thrives off of it. But I think that's the enjoyment of a of a paying customer of yep. almost like you went to a uh, to a wrestling event. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna boo the heel, I'm gonna boo the villain, you know. And and he <laughs> plays that. I I mean I I don't know I, I that and, and everyone's like why do you boo bias? Because get it, people. I bet you showed up to this Detroit series just to boo him because he played on the North side and won a world series, you know, probably. And he's, he's always been a bit of a showboat and he's gotten a lot of over love because he's, he can slide and tag people nicely. <laughs> By the you way, know? really quick. Sorry. Yeah. That tag he made on Abreu and Abreu was called mm-hmm. safe. If, if, if bias would, would have stopped complaining to the, to the dugout and telling them to do a replay, he just needed to keep his glove on Abreu because he, he slid off the bag. Yeah. You know, but, but, but bias is, you know, whistling and, 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 and flagging down the, the, uh, the dugout. And yeah. he, all you need to do is keep his glove on him. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Well, too bad for him. And, and that's why, <laughs> you know, people love to dislike him. And he's, he, he's made a lot of money. He got, he got paid a lot of money uh, by the Detroit Tigers to go play for them. But he's not, he's nothing more than just a, a pretty good player, right? And he, he'll hit a big home run here or there and he'll, he'll flash the leather, but, but he's got a big ego and he's got a big personality and he, he's, he's very flamboyant and he'll do some things that'll make you go, wow, that's fantastic. But for the most part, he's a loser. Mm-hmm. So when you have losers that, you know, you know, walk around like they're cock of the walk. People love to dislike those types of people. It's like, you're nothing. Who are you? What, what, what are you? You haven't really outside of your world series run where you won a world series with a great team. Um, after that, you were dog shit and you still act like you're, you're, you know, awesome. And you're not. Yeah. I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I kind of like it in the game of baseball. Like there's good guys and there's bad guys, yeah. you know, I'm not it's, saying it's uh, right. It's, it's, it's a good thing to have people that wear the black hat and, and people to root against and not like, and that's what makes it fun, especially when they fail and he strikes out later on in the game today. Yeah. It's great. That's and, what people and, love. You know, if people like that's how they get their kicks and, and that's what mm-hmm. they want to do. And, you know, I, I guess, yeah, it might fuel him. He might, he might take that and use that as, as energy to succeed. I don't know, but I don't know if I believe uh, anyway, it, you enjoy your experience, how you want to enjoy experience mm-hmm. as long as you're not, you know, ruining someone else's experience. Um, I, I don't know. I, I get why you boo him. And I guess I don't have a big problem. I, when I went to the game on Saturday, I wasn't, I wasn't booing him. I wasn't looking to boo him. And, but you're going to see that in the Houston series with Altuve, you know, yeah. you're going to see that, uh, you know, with Houston players and you saw it with Correa when he comes into town, that's a whole mm-hmm. different story. And, um, but they seem to not be affected by some of yeah. that, you know, especially in the mm-hmm. ALDS. Yeah. If, if, uh, if you want to boo somebody, boo somebody, I've never been a big, 
like get out of my chair and, and boo. And I did actually do that uh, at, at my, my, in my home recently when Leary was being Leary. I booed oh. at the TV and mm. my kids were looking at me very curiously <laughs> and uh, thought, they'd, thought their father lost his mind. I'm booing the television. But uh, I'm not, are you a big like stand up and boo type guy? I, I, I've done it and I'm trying to think when when it was, uh, but it, it probably was at a guy like a Josh Donaldson, you know, mm-hmm. um, type of guy that just yeah. is, just has been has said things against the organization or some of our players and, you know, I, that type. of. I don't know if it was exactly him, but it was of that type maybe decades ago or years ago where. It's like this guy has said some stuff publicly about the socks and you know he deserves this yeah. um yeah all right it was just interesting you know um interesting not i i don't uh I, he'll be around you know in the in a tiger's uniform for a while and and i just i have a feeling uh it'll only become more of a thing yeah. uh down the road well nick how do you feel about this upcoming week i mean it's a big week here obviously you'd mentioned with the with the astros in town and then going out to play the guardians. I mean, what are your expectations? What are your thoughts uh, leading into this week? I, again, I think you need to, you, you have a, unfortunately a situation where, you know, Cleveland's playing Detroit. They've got a double header on Monday. Not again, not taking anything away from Detroit. There was some tough, they, they played us pretty tough for, for a while there, this, this weekend series. Uh, the record is the record, you know, and Cleveland's pretty hot right now. Um, so again, if you'd rather have situation, I'd rather be playing Detroit again than having to play Houston. <laughs> can we but, can we get a petition going you know, for that? The worst situation is we're out like maybe what seven games or something. If we get swept by uh Houston and the Guardians sweep the Tigers. So that, that could be the worst situation going into a Cleveland series. Um, I, I really think, honestly, based on everything, like it's a, it's a split. Why, why not? Like, why think even more? I really would dis- be disappointed if they only won one game. I, I know Houston's tough, but mm-hmm. I think we're going to throw some quality pitchers uh, yeah. at, at Houston. And, and we're clicking on all cylinders in that respect. You know, Kopech's coming off of, uh, obviously, we talked about uh, one of his better outings. Um, we've got video on Houston. We know what to expect from their hitters. Yeah. Cueto, Cueto's pitched well against Houston. So I, I look at, you know, I look at, at a split. Um, I would, I'm really honed in on that Tuesday game. Um, yep. Cease Verlander. Um, that should be good. If they're going to win any game, that's the game I want. And I want Cease to do really well to bolster yeah. his, to his uh, Cy Young, um, you know, performance. Going into Cleveland, man, I don't know what to expect. I, I hate to say one out of three w- with them. I, I, they are, they've become such a thorn playing in, mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Um, it's like, I don't worry too much about playing in Minnesota these days. We've, we feel like I've, we've been able to handle that situation mm-hmm. as of late. Cleveland's a different story. So we've got four, we've got seven games since the next time we record. Oh boy. Uh, can they go four and three? I'd be happy with a four and three. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. I, I don't even know if I'd like to entertain a prediction because this team is so, numbers. so unpredictable, but uh, I, I feel, I feel 
I feel pretty good about this series with Houston for some reason. I don't know why, but I feel I feel with you. I, I think they can split. I think that's in the cards. And I, I, I'd be shocked if they got swept, uh, and I would be slightly surprised if they only won a game. Yeah. I think a, I think a split is there. And, uh, you know, how they play against Houston really could make a difference in how they go and, and play in, in Cleveland. It could be a make or break type of series, really, Nick. It's like show that you can play with this competition. And to be honest with you, I think they've played better against better teams. I don't know what the record is, but I feel like they've played or performed better against yeah. the better teams. It's the it's the teams that we should beat. It's like we struggle with. The difference maker will be Luis Robert. If he's able to play yeah. in the Houston series because of this jammed wrist or sprained wrist, if he if he can play um you know, even, even just as a force, man, we need mm-hmm. him as a presence in that lineup. We need him uh, for the Astros to think twice about uh, what to do with this guy. Yeah. If he can't play in the series, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's going to be difficult for the yeah. Sox. Well, yeah. uh, like I always say, Nick, or not, <laughs> you know, expect nothing, hope for the best White Sox baseball. Yeah, it's something for, I think, Brooks Boyer to, to maybe think about. There's been worse slogans. Uh, there were some rough ones in like the early 2000s, like appreciate the game. Like that really, <laughs> that really told fans. We got nothing. Like, we, we got, got nothing, nothing here. Just just appreciate the game. Think, yeah. Just be glad you have something to watch. Uh, <laughs> just be glad you're you're alive. I mean, you're you're not dead. Come out to the ball game. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Pat, that was written pleasure. in the fine print. That was on the bottom of the billboard. <laughs> You're not dead. Come on out. Spend some money. Uh, great talking White Sox baseball with you, buddy. Yeah, let's do it again next Sunday, buddy. I think that would be fun. Folks, uh, really appreciate uh, you letting us uh, in your lives for a little bit. Hopefully these conversations uh, continue with folks that you know, uh, friends, family, coworkers. Uh, we are on social media on Twitter at Good Guys TV. We've got a Facebook fan page. You can find this podcast absolutely everywhere. Subscribe, pass it around uh, on the old iTunes. Uh, give it that five star rating. It really help us and help other Sox fans find us. Uh, for Pat Hester, I am Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox.